0: Welcome to the Travel Agent Interview. This is a special family edition for family travel in Brighton, United Kingdom, which is in England, and 72 hours of family fun and what you can do there. Welcome, Joe. Welcome, Aria. Hi.
1: Hi. Thanks for having us.
0: And for the first time, we have Joey on the program. Hello. How old are you? Two We're going to start by talking about some family-friendly hotel accommodations that are available in Brighton area. Um, There are lots of options, but we specifically like options that have a room and a living area separate. We happened to luck out and find one that had two bedrooms and a living area and a kitchenette. I'm not going to give the name of the location because I think they had some work to do. As far as cleanliness, having appropriate linens, that sort of thing, oven mitts to take something out of the oven. But other than that, there are some really great options. So when the kids go to bed, um, you as a couple can hang out and have a little bit of your own alone time and sit on your balcony if it's not freezing and admire the uh, ocean or marina, wherever you happen to be. Joe, any thoughts on that before we move on?
1: Um, yeah, my understanding was that they were independently run, and so it was a great property. I think if we had had yeah. a, a different uh, a room managed by a different person or a different company, I think we might have had a very different experience.
0: Yeah, it's it's yeah, they're available through hoteliers. You can get them on Expedia. You can get them through your travel agent. But um, yeah, I I gave them some tips, and I hope that they take them. So anywho, moving on, we primarily went to Brighton because. We love beach locations and being in the United Kingdom, you can't go far without hitting one. And we also like the idea of visiting the Brighton Pavilion, which is a very unique architectural building, which was built as Henry IV's Pleasure Palace. But for my interest, they have a display right now, which is the Prince Regent's copy of Emma, which is, you know, we love Pride and Prejudice and all of the Jane Austen bonnet-type uh, books in this house. So we wanted to see that. We wanted to go to the beach so I could collect uh, seashells. And also, a last-minute change from a zoo-type attraction, we decided to go to the Brighton Sea Life Center, which turned out to be a great choice. So the way we're going to start this is let's talk about parents' take on the beach. I found the beach to be rocky and a little bit steep for children that are young, it is the winter time, so I imagine that it might be a little rougher than average. Uh, Joe, what did you think?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on what you're interested in. If you just want to see the sea, then uh, then it was fine. But because our kids wanted to go down and get as close to the water as possible, um, this beach wasn't the best for us. Uh, As we got close to the water, I think the tide was probably out, probably about as far as it goes, I would guess. Uh, But as you got close to the water, there was really a fairly steep... um, angle down to the water and it was rocky, so there wasn't a good place to get a foothold and um kids kinda slipped down the hill and had trouble getting back up the hill and uh, it wasn't it wasn't terrible but uh, it, wasn't it wasn't treacherous
0: a it wasn't a like it wasn't it's a lot of it's a parent you kind a of felt a like you of to have your of really on them at all a lot of it's a lot of it's a little bit scared of the of the water that way because his experience now for the beach has been something a little gentler and the water being a little more slow and lapping. Um, so there's kind of a couple of tiers of, um, I guess, tiers of land or tiers of rocks that you get to before you get to the ocean. So we just went up on the higher tier so he could pick up rocks and shells and that worked out great for him. But, um, it is a rockier beach as you get towards the pier. It is sandier, but it's a place to enjoy the ocean Maybe look for some seashells, but I don't know that it's a place you're going to stretch out a blanket and have a relaxing picnic or sunbathe.
1: Yeah, I think it just depends on what you're interested in. As a as far as being picturesque, I mean, the ocean's beautiful kind of no matter where you are, but um, you had the the pier on one side with the arcade and kind of the lights and carnival atmosphere of that. And then down about a mile away, there was another pier where there are a series of hotels and... Um, other businesses. So there wasn't much to look at side to side. And then behind us, um, the cliffs had been uh, structured as a seawall. I imagine that's for purely uh, utilitarian structural reasons. Uh, and so there was some graffiti and that's where the parking is. And so it really just wasn't all that picturesque. That said, you're really close to everything. I mean, a five minute walk to the Sea Life Center, a uh, 10 minute walk to the um, to the pier, and then probably a 15 minute walk to the shopping and, and the center of town. So, um, so it just depends on what you're into.
0: Yeah. And of no it's i mean if you're an american and think about um east coast kind of beach towns i mean this, there is kind of like a jersey shore feel as far as like little shops and the arcade and the children's play zone and the you know maybe like the strand if you think about a wide paved area with which you could walk or ride a bike on there was that but there's also bus transportation from from the different zones so if you are a person that did not want to walk or had some mobility issues uh, you could do that also.
1: And we don't want to offend the people of Brighton. It wasn't that much like Jersey.
0: This is true. Sorry if you live in Jersey, but I'm from Pennsylvania. And we'll leave it at that. What about the beach, kids? Yeah, beach. We got some boats. Yeah, we saw boats. We boat. saw some boats. It was Oriah, what about your take on the beach? What did you like?
2: We found a little bit
0: of seashells. But it was pretty much all completely rocks, though. Joe, let's talk about the Brighton Sea Life Center and why it's a great choice for adults. This is kind of a place most people would think to take their children, but I think it was especially enjoyable for adults, too. You want to talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um, It was an aquarium. Uh, It had the kinds of things that aquariums have. So, um... So you can kind of uh, expect more of the same as far as the sea life goes. But what was cool about this place is that it's the oldest operating aquarium in the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. 1872, I think, is when the building first opened. And it was designed as an underground ballroom. And it's had like nine or ten different uh, lives since then. Um, It's Mm -hmm. been home to many things. But what's great about this place is what's great about so many things uh, in the UK is that the the structure, the bones of the building um, are just sort of beautiful to look at and admire as you walk through. Um, the entrance to the Sea Life Center is um, underground. So you start at street level and you have to walk down a series of stairs. It's also um, accessible uh, if you're in a wheelchair or stroll or anything like that. Uh, But once you get underground and get into the facility, you can see the, um, I think it's carved stone up the sides. Um, And so just beautiful arches and buttresses and all the things that would be required to make an underground uh, ballroom in 1872. All that's preserved and they actually sort of uh, play with it. There's um, uh, fluorescent lights, different colors, uh, fun things for the kids, but they really draw attention to to the architecture. And I thought that was a great way to do it.
0: Yeah, I just want to read the history as they have in their brochure. And that's that it began its life as a ballroom, which when you look at the ceiling, it, I would have loved to dance there. It's beautiful. Um, it was a jazz club, also amazing. Botanical gardens, I don't know how they did that. Bowling alley and a shooting range. And apparently it was also a home for chimpanzees, sea lions, and for many years, two performing dolphins called Missy and Silver. So... Dolphins are no longer there, but it does keep the sea theme uh, with a focus on preservation.
1: And then, so consider that it's this underground facility. A lot of it is open. You can walk around and see the sort of smaller tanks and everything. But then, right in the middle of it, the engineering feat of pouring tons and tons and tons of water into this maybe 30 foot deep, 40 foot yeah. deep tank. Um, and containing all that water in this old, uh, facility is just really, really kind of cool. So you walk right from the stone, um, you know, 130 year old structure, uh, into their, um, their tunnel that goes underneath the glass, um, the glass tank where you can see the sharks and turtles and stuff. And I just thought it was a really uh, nice, um, comparison of old and new. It was just kind of a cool way to do an aquarium.
0: Yeah, I really think it was clever just how they where they had to decide okay, now we're going to put the glass here, how we're going to make sure that we can contain the water where the glass bottom boat is where the turtles are and the big rays you're in the amphitheater but you're st- you're sitting in like maybe the top 10 rows and the rest of the amphitheater is underground or not underground but underwater and is now, you know, a a place where they rehabilitate stingrays and turtles and all these sort of things so really they took advantage of a building that needed to be loved and gave it a new life and are helping you know to rehabilitate sea uh, animals also it's really a good experience for both adults and kids um so we give the sea life center in brighton two thumbs
1: up i'd give it two four between the two of us yeah we could probably muster four, we thumbs. Probably muster four thumbs. And just for more practical um more practical reasons there's a cafe right in the middle, uh, and so if you need a break, and need a snack, you can do that with the kids. Our kids are six and two, and I thought the layout was really age appropriate for them. There it wasn't that far they could go without us, um, which is important for us because the two-year-old has turned into something People's. of a runner. Yeah. Um, but then the rest of the facility kind of had this one-way path where uh, there, there's not very many places you can go, and so so I thought that was really nice for younger kids. <coughs>
0: All right, the Please Touch Tank was your favorite place, and you kept coming back to it. Can you tell us why it was your favorite?
2: Well, it was my favorite because um, I really liked how they felt tiny anemones.
0: What did it feel like to touch the anemones?
2: Well, they were trying to eat you, and they felt sticky.
0: They say it felt sticky. I thought it was, like, a little bit... It's it actually scared me i i kind of squealed a little bit when it touched me because it felt like a little electric shock what else did you get to touch anything yeah what did you did you get to put your hands in the water what was in the water do you remember Mm,
2: starfish there There were starfish
0: what did we take a ride on a boat a boat what did you see on the boat you looked through the bottom, it was glass. What was in there? What was in the bottom? Baby sharks.
2: You, baby sharks.
0: Anything else?
2: Mm, Tittles.
0: Was it a big turtle or a small turtle? Uh, big turtle. <laughs> Did you get to see him eat?
2: yeah what was he eating Meat.
0: he was eating meat <laughs> 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 oh he did have some squid i think but mostly lettuce and cabbage i think maybe some carrots
2: carrots <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is silly <laughs> Yep, first admission is something like 10, 10.30. Last admission is something like 3.30. They close at 4.30, but you can come and go. Just make sure you get your hand stamped. And, of course, you will exit through the gift shop, which has lots and lots of things appropriate to children. Uh, so be aware you're going to buy something on the way out. Joe, let's talk about um, why we liked the Brighton Pavilion. If people are not familiar with the Brighton Pavilion, it is a structure that was built to resemble something like the, you know, kind of Hershey Kiss type domes that you would imagine on the Taj Mahal or in other Indian type structures. And the inside is meant to resemble or take on the characteristics of Asian, specifically Chinese art. Um, Great for adults, great for children. Specifically, we chose it because of the audio tours that were available. There is an adult track that parallels the children's track, or really I should say the children's track parallels the adult track, So, that as you get to number one, there's number one for adults, number one for children. And um, it's an audio box, has some pictures on it that come up as it talks about different things. And it was great. We all got something out of it. A little rougher for the two year old. But the thing that got the two year old involved is these stuffed cats that were all over the building. And that was George the Cat.
1: Like toy stuffed animals. Toy stuffed
0: cats. So, basically. That would have been neat. (laughs) <laughs>
2: if it was back time and George the cat was real.
0: Because he was a real cat.
2: Yeah, he was a real cat. And they put these little stuffed cats that looked like George the cat, the Pavilion cat, under uh, under some things. So you have to, like in every single room, you have to try to find George the Pavilion cat.
0: Like if he was actually real. <laughs> yeah as if he was kind of hanging out with us on our tour that was fun do you remember the story of george the cat he was a stray cat he wandered into the pavilion and he was friendly to everyone and so they adopted him and so that's how they got george the cat
2: so he was just a regular cat before
0: yeah before he, was, he became a royal cat. he was a yeah. peasant cat and he became <clears throat> a royal he got promoted cat. he got promoted
1: it was the 20th century, so by then they had upward Does mobility, even for cats.
2: promoted mean that he got adopted by somebody?
1: For a stray cat? Yes, that's what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean,
0: he got I mean, adopted
1: by the palace, the pavilion. He was a royal which cat. Which one means,
0: found him? It means he just ate out of yeah. more expensive trash cans.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like silver trash cans. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad we uh, set aside time to see it. Um, it's something that's very different. It doesn't look like any of the other castles or palaces in the UK um, that I know of. And for people who are new to the area, I mean, we're Americans who are, have only been here six months. Um, it was kind of a nice insight into um, into that part of the royal lineage. Um, so the as the story goes, you know, uh, George King George III, um, was the Third was a king at the end of the 18th century, and then he suffered mental illness toward the end of his life and his son George the 4th became the prince regent meaning he acted as the king while his father was ill and then he became the king upon his father's death and so there's this period where George the 4th isn't the king yet but he knows he's going to be the king and that was um an interesting time you know it and as much as they're their royalty and they're um special and dignified they're also human people um, and we got to see a glimpse of that and so what happened with this building was when he was um simply the Prince of Wales, not yet uh, Prince Regent and not yet King, he decided to start spending time in Brighton for health reasons. Um, Being down at the beach was supposed to be good for him, as doctor said. And so he just wanted this quiet farmhouse near the beach. And so he bought himself a quiet farmhouse near the beach. And if you look at the old paintings, it was actually a pretty magnificent farmhouse, but it was just a farmhouse. And over time, he built it up um, to what looked like a pavilion. It had a domed top, just a, a sort of traditional dome, um, it was a nice-looking building, but it wasn't as spectacular as it is now. Um, and so while he was Prince Regent, he spent time there. And then he had his builders build him a stable for his horses that could house something like 40 or 50 horses. And that was the first building that had a dome that looked that was in the Indian style. Um, and someone joked once that uh, his horses lived better than he did because the horse stable was so, so um, incredible-looking, so very different. Mm-hmm. And that's when he started the architectural project of making... The um, the building his, look like what it does not. they call his pleasure palace. Yeah. Right. Right. And and as became king, he um, really spent a lot of money. And uh, there are um, there were periods where he kind of spent it all, and he had to ask the government for more money. Uh, and so there are a lot of people who are critical of of um, his decisions there. Uh, but again, as an outsider who's coming to this for the first time, it was really interesting to sort of just see that part of the the history of the royal family. Um, so it was a nice insight for us.
0: There is a, an additional art museum, which is in the pavilion itself, which was the stables. And it is now a modern art museum, which I think the people at the desk need to kind of qualify their customers a little better. It was not, I don't think age appropriate for our children. Um, but anyway, they credit, they say this pavilion is what actually drove the King to lunacy not you colonists, meaning us, the Americans visiting. So glad we're still in the colonist phase. And um, I don't know, modern arts, if you're into that thing, maybe this is for you. I don't know that for children under the age of, I don't even know.
1: It was a pretty eclectic place. I I thought it was a little all over the place, but some uh, some of the exhibits were, I think, not appropriate.
0: Yeah, I think the first exhibit we went to, which was, Um, how the way different peoples live and kind of took you through different cultures was really interesting. Um, I'm not sure why, but there was a pinball table in the middle of it, not pinball, foosball. foosball and we got to challenge our daughter to a game of foosball and me and Araya took on Joe. We lost sadly. He was fun, but, uh, um, I would say in general, save your money, go to the actual inside the palace portion and skip the modern art museum.
1: Uh, if you're going for more than a half a day, I would recommend walking through the lanes. Um, that's the, I, I think it's probably the primary shopping area. There is a, I don't think it's called high street, but it's like a high street in any other English city, uh, with high end shopping and the broad promenade and all of that. Um, but what's special about Brighton is they have this area called the lanes where, um, it's, it's, uh, shopping lots of jewelry, but there's other stuff too. And they're, uh, old walkways, uh, brick and paver walkways that, um, that are really hard to follow. It's, it's disorienting. Uh, you kind of can get lost in there. And it was fun to just sort of wander through and pick the fork in the road that we wanted. And uh, and it's pretty high end. Uh, yeah, some of the reviews we read said designer that stores. normal people won't be able to buy anything there. Uh, but I think if you're if you're looking for a bargain, you might be able to find one. Uh, but it was fun to walk through there, and I would do that again.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some sensible stores there. There's a Gap. There's a, I think they call it Top Man. What's that store? I don't know these stores. But uh, yeah, and then there's also what we would call estate jewelers and those sort of things where you can find some, you know, some antique type jewelry, which I benefited from from Christmas. So thank you, honey. Yep. And with that, that's a great 72 hours in Brighton. Joe, thank you for joining me for our little family edition on Brighton. Until next time, this is Megan Chappa and... Joe Chappa. Of the travel agent interview saying, good night.